You're listening to the Expansion Chronicles, a podcast about expansion of startups into the U.S. On this podcast, we talk about the main mistakes that founders make while trying to move from their home turf and build divisions of their companies in the U.S. We try to explain how to avoid these pitfalls and what tools can be helpful in this complicated process. So if you are a founder located outside of America and think of growing your company in the States, this podcast is definitely for you. So let's jump into the episode. And today's guest speaker, we have Matt Redler, co-founder and CEO at Panther. And in this episode, we'll primarily talk about HR, everything related to the backend of HR specifically, because that's what Panther is specialized in. Speaking of Panther, Matt, well, let's kick it off by you giving us some background on yourself and on Panther. Sure, Constantine. Thanks for having me. Um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a third-time founder. I'm based out of uh, Tampa, Florida, uh, but my company is based on the internet, and that gives us a bunch of cool superpowers. Uh, so Panther is building the infrastructure rails for work from anywhere. Um, we make it effortless for companies to hire anyone, anywhere, um, and also for employees to have the freedom to work from wherever they're happiest. Lovely. That sounds amazing. First base is remote fully as well. So I completely understand the goals of Panther. Speaking of your superpowers, you've said that, you know, Panther is fully uh, on the internet, basically. Uh, so have you ever expanded the company in the you know sense of expansion, like opening an office in a new country or starting to offer your product to people in the country where you used to not provide the services? Uh, have you ever done this or not quite yet? Yeah, so um, Panther has customers all over the world, but in terms of our own teammates, we tend not to think about location. Um, you know, we never like went into Italy and we're like, okay, who can we find in Italy? Uh, but what we like to do is just look for the best person for every single role. Um, and that's naturally led us to quote unquote expand to 13 countries internally. Uh, our teammates are spread across 13 countries in just around 18 months. Uh, and awesome. we'll probably cross that kind of like 50 country threshold sometime in the next uh, couple of years. That's awesome. That is amazing. So let's talk about companies that actually do have to physically expand to other countries, specifically expanding to the United States. Um, as uh, someone who works in the HR space, I would imagine that you see quite a few of the founders who are just moving to the States or just starting to hire their or making their first hires in the United States. Uh, based on your knowledge, based on what you've seen so far, what is the major struggle that founders have while doing that in the U.S.? Uh, I mean, in the U.S., honestly, it's relatively speaking, uh, with tools like First Space, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everywhere else is, is really tough. But the premise is you've got to set up your own subsidiary there. You mm-hmm. need a local bank account. Uh, you need a local, you know, kind of like a president, someone to sign on behalf of the company and ultimately learn, in this case, the U.S.'s employment law, figure out local accounting, payroll, legal, HR. Uh, but this is true of every country that you kind of enter into. But uh, how did that go? It's it's not fun. Uh, we started in the U.S. and the U.S. <laughs> is not bad. Um, but but everywhere else is kind of foreign and, and onerous, costs a lot of money usually. Yeah. Um, and just takes a really long time. So, you know, if you want to hire someone in uh, Italy, by the time that you got set up there, went through all the trouble, spent all the money, uh, she probably isn't on the job market anymore. And so that's kind of why we offer our own entities as a service so -hmm. that companies can headquarter in, in one country and we can be their global arm everywhere else. Interesting. That's very interesting. Can you actually talk a little bit more about that? Because I didn't realize that you do provide this service and it sounds very, very interesting as a matter of fact. So can you elaborate a little bit on that? 
Yeah. So, so the premise here is that uh, instead of companies having to build this, you know, infrastructure in every single country in the world themselves mm -hmm. to actually be able to employ everywhere, um, we own the full stack of this what we call global employment infrastructure and offer it as a service. Um, so, if First Space or you know one of the one of the uh, one of your users wanted to hire someone in India, for example, mm -hmm. um, they via the Panther platform. Just let us know, you know, in, in 90 seconds or less who they're hiring, what their job is, the salary, et cetera, et cetera. And our Indian subsidiary will actually employ that person at those terms on behalf of the company. So they kind of have a streamlined way of uh, being able to, uh, as you said, expand or employ everywhere without having to actually go through this like, you know, process that was meant for Fortune 500 companies. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, that's definitely what this process is. And yeah, physical expansion, that is just not fun at all. Uh, so let's talk a little bit more about the companies like First Base and Panther that are fully remote, fully distributed all around the world. There are so many uh, benefits to that, of course, because I mean, everyone loves remote work. And let's talk about the downsides of it, because a lot of founders now that COVID is kind of coming to an end, but not quite. Uh, so it, it's a weird story with COVID. So now a lot of founders are wondering, you know, should I actually open an office and make everyone go to the office or should I just keep building it remotely? Um, so from that perspective, what do you think are the major downsides of uh, building a remote team? Yeah, the, the downside is that it requires more intentionality when you're building mm -hmm. a distributed team, whether that be around communication or culture. It doesn't just happen right. automatically as it would when you were in an office. And so uh, you need to be more thoughtful. How do you build culture? Um, and and uh, like I, I think it's important to get people together every once in a while uh, and, and break bread and those types of things. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the benefits are so overwhelming, like the easiest one is just diversity of people and thought as a result, being closer to your customers, often cases, um, being able to work, you know, making progress 24 seven when you have people across all sorts of different time zones, yeah. um, moving a lot faster because, um, well, everybody can work in what, what I what I think about calling like everybody's optimal work or optimal productive day, which mm -hmm. for me, for example, is taking a break to go to the gym in the middle of the day. Um, all right. And so if we all just, you know, trust one another to get our work done remotely and we're more thoughtful about sharing our outputs, because that's the mm -hmm. way that can happen responsibly. Everybody moves faster. Uh, yeah. You definitely touched on to a very important point here, which is building the culture. A lot of early stage founders are like, you know, if it's, it's something philosophical, it's not intangible, so they don't care about it. And then that's actually the thing that ruins the company eventually. Um, so let's let's touch on that subject a little bit more. There are tons and tons of HR tools that were especially developed during the COVID when everyone went remote. Are there any particular tools that really help from your perspective or uh, uh, from your point of view, uh, really help build this uh, remote kind of culture that is appropriate for the company goals? Uh, I, I would say a few things. So um, like number one is we, it's a tool specifically, we use a tool called Tandem, which is like a virtual office for our remote team. So mm -hmm. there are different rooms people can pop into. You can see uh, not in a privacy, uh, not in an invasive way, but you can see the tool that everybody's working on at any given mm -hmm. moment. So uh, I'm working in Xcode or I'm working on my email, whatever, that kind of high level stuff. But there's also rooms like Clubhouse where somebody's DJing uh, and things of that sort. And then while it's not technically a, a tool, we get together a couple times a week 
uh, mm -hmm. for a more kind of like casual, you know, just bonding. So whether that's we are playing a, a game um, or we are bringing in a speaker or, uh, you know, one of us is talking about our own culture, we kind of, you know, go through this wheelhouse. And then I think it's important for uh, to get together as a distributed team. I think like the actual magic, when, when we're distributed, like we can all do our deep work and get a lot done. But mm -hmm. when it comes to building culture, I think remote teams should be apart somewhere between 90 and 99% of the time, but somewhere between one and 10% of the time, they should be getting together to break bread, to have hard conversations and to uh, have difficult discussion, uh, sorry, to um, make hard decisions. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, that is very correct. And that is what I've observed so far at first base. Um, cool. That is the strategy that actually does work. And currently our team is on retreat. I'm one of the people who did not make it to the retreat because of my US immigration status. So unfortunately I'm missing Absolutely. that, but the entire team is having fun down in Mexico. So yes, that 1% of the time when Where? Uh, you, uh, somewhere in Mexico, I don't know the exact location, but the place looks amazing and they are saying the pictures to the chat. So the rest of us get jealous. <laughs> Um, we're we're having we're seeing a similar challenge right now with COVID and and their effect on on visas. Uh, we're yeah. doing Tulum in Mexico in just a, like three weeks now. So nice. We'll be there. All right. Well, one after another. <laughs> That's a destination Absolutely. for remote teams, apparently. Uh, great location, though. Great location. All right. Uh, let's go back to talking about HR and actually touching on to some mistakes that founders tend to make while starting uh, to hire in the United States. So. From your, uh, from your personal knowledge, from your uh, experience, have you seen founders making some basic, easily avoidable mistakes while hiring people in the US? Maybe it's like they decide to hire a contractor instead of a full-time employee with full benefits and stuff like that, or the other yeah. way around, maybe. I mean, most people know how to think about the difference between like an external freelancer versus an employee. Yep. I think there's actually something deeper and more valuable to talk about, which is the way at which you work when you're working with people across different locations. Mm -hmm. And so I have to like kind of plug and advocate here for an asynchronous work method um, where, you know, you don't over, you don't have your uh, teammates in another country working ridiculous local times because they need to overlap eight hours a day with you. If mm -hmm. you want to overlap, like recognize that you really only need to overlap an hour or two a day. And uh, besides that, you should be doing deep work. But I really recommend investing in tools uh, for documentation, uh, like right. Almanac uh, and Loom and Yak are some of my personal favorites. Mm -hmm. um, so that no, no matter kind of, um, it allows people to work more freely. So they don't have to rely on one another uh, for like a quick answer to be able to move right. forward. But things are documented and we can move, move with more autonomy and make more progress. Absolutely. Documentation is extremely important. That is something that a lot of companies actually struggle with because making documentation takes time and people are like, eh, you know, if yeah. a question pops up, I'll just respond. And if you it's live like in a different broccoli. time, <laughs> it's like what? broccoli. No, it's like broccoli. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's good for you. You gotta, you gotta eat it uh, or spinach, whatever. <laughs> like 100%. the way that I think about doc documentation is that like your documentation application, no matter what that is, should be open all day throughout mm -hmm. your day it's not something that you like go back to on fridays and like document how you know yes. what you learned that week it's like a in the moment type of thing absolutely you're very correct because if you do leave it until the end of the week it's gonna there is gonna be too much and then you're like ah you know what maybe next week and then it just piles no, up you and don't you never get it. do it 
not accurate. That's no. just how humans work. And yeah, you don't do it accurately as uh, as you could do during the moment. So yeah, very, very true. The next question was actually about the tactics uh, that could be used to improve the remote teams, which you kind of answered. Uh, besides that, besides good documentation and focusing on some kind of you know asynchronous work and more of a uh, deep work approach, is there anything else that you would recommend founders who are starting to hire outside of their own time zones or outside of their homelands or uh, you know home turfs? No, I, I actually would uh, kind of reaffirm what they're thinking. Uh, at the end of the day, the companies we build uh, are nothing more than the teams that we build to mm-hmm. uh, build and scale them. And so kind of every unnecessary filter uh, that would otherwise prevent you from hiring the best person for the job uh, hurts your company meaningfully. Uh, and so I would say, you know, open your doors to the mm-hmm. talent pool of the entire world. Um, make sure that your company uh, is not at a disadvantage. Absolutely. So let's talk a little more about how to do that. I personally have no knowledge in HR field whatsoever. So I'm going to ask a bunch of questions here. First one, where would you recommend the founder to start? So the founder, let's say they're based in, uh, in Germany. They want to hire anywhere in the world. Where do they go? Is it going to be... Is there like a platform for this kind of uh, hiring process or is there, should they go for platforms of well, each country that they are considering? So I, would, I wouldn't go country by country because that's an unnecessary filter. Yeah. Uh, I, would, I would try and remove location as much as possible. Um, you know, Panther specializes in once you've found a person, how do you actually hire and right. pay them compliantly? We had all the paperwork so that you don't need to think about their location in terms mm-hmm. of like the operations or the complexity. In terms of finding, you know, the best town around the world, I would say, number one, just be kind of uh, communicate clearly on your careers page. Uh, not don't, you know, write things that people wouldn't turn away from, uh, meaning be, you know, very clear that uh, you don't think about location and you're going to mm-hmm. hire the best person. Uh, number two right. is I would use uh, incredible kind of tools like uh, AngelList um, to populate your, your job boards on. Uh, they have incredible talent uh, everywhere. Um, we've yeah. gotten so many applications from that. And then there are many other cool places on the internet like Twitter that just bring people closer together. Yeah. We've hired a number of our teammates off of Twitter. Um, and then there are like remote or global specific job boards like the WeWork remotelys of the world that I would recommend that companies make sure to check out. Absolutely. Angelus people, if you're not familiar with that tool, definitely check it out. There are, they have so many features that whatever you need, most likely your needs are going to be met at Angelus. That tool is amazing. Continuously recommended to founders of any stage early or late. It's always super helpful. Great. In that case, we are done with all the HR questions that I had in mind. Is there something else that you would like to throw in there for early stage founders who are listening to this right now in a sense of you know HR advice or advice with the uh, backend work or the paperwork with the newly hired people or anything like that? My, my advice for early stage founders is much more general. Uh, it's most of the time, you know, we find ourselves, for Context Panthers, my third startup, uh, we find ourselves building things that uh, are interesting to us but um, don't necessarily solve a, what I would call a hair on fire problem for a user. And mm-hmm. what that means is like the problem that you're solving needs to be so painful, um, like your hair is on fire, that your users would pay any amount or use any shitty solution to fix it. Uh, that's how you know you're working on the right thing. Uh, startups are hard enough. And so you want to find something that uh, doesn't require, uh, you know, that, that has natural pull to it. Mm-hmm. So I would find the cheapest, fastest way to test your hypothesis of if what you're building solves a hair on fire problem. 
Absolutely. I mean, that's the best way possible. If your customers do have their hair on fire and you do have a fire extinguisher, even if it's disgusting, if it's barely working, if it's going to yeah. put out the fire. You're I, I work, listen, I, I worked on two, what I would call vitamins that were not like painkillers like Panther. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it wasn't until we were connecting some of my teammates from my last company as we were winding it down with other startups and they lived all over Eastern Europe that these companies really wanted to hire them, but they literally couldn't because of the red tape involved. That was my the first time in my life, genuinely, where I had a real hair on fire problem right in front of me. That does seem like a perfect uh, problem discovery right there <laughs> from personal experience. That's how it's found 90% of the time. Otherwise, yeah. it's it's kind of hard to spot those problems or be sure that those are you know the critical problems that require actual painkillers, as you say, not vitamins. Great advice on this note. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, of course, we're going to leave a ton of notes in the description of this episode. For example, there are going to be links to Tandem, Loom, Almanac, and of course to Panther. So things that Matt mentioned. And I'll also follow up with Matt after the episode and ask him for any additional links that he would like to share. And we will include all of those in the description of this episode. And of course, Panther is uh, part of the rewards program of First Base. So we do provide additional bonuses right now they're not in front of my eyes so i cannot give you an exact number of what we're going to give you <coughs> in the sense of a discount or credits or thousands of like thousands of dollars worth of credits right there uh matt knows it other <laughs> better than i do lovely in that case i'm going to leave all these information in the description of this episode and that's going to be my call to action check out the description of this episode so if you are planning to hire outside of your home territory or if you're planning to hire at all remotely definitely check out panther and as usually have a good day <laughs>